Last week, we looked at uh, love, and we talked about the very same thing. The gospel is love in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, guess what we're going to do today? We're going to talk about joy. And uh, we can't help but think of that uh, song that we all know real well, you know, joy to the world, the Lord is come. We're going to talk about joy to the world and, and what that means. And what I did is something really, this is profound. Any of you can preach a message. Uh, these are the three easy steps. Find the word you want to speak on, joy. Find the story you want to preach on, Christmas. And find the verses where the word joy and Christmas are both involved. See, now you too can be what I am. Uh, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to look through these passages. Here's the first one. It's found in Luke, and it's chapter 1 of Luke. Uh, excuse me, uh, yes, Luke. It's chapter 1 of uh, Luke and it's verse 14 and you will have joy and gladness gladness and many will rejoice at his birth isn't that a great verse about Jesus raise your hand if you think it is you're wrong it's about John the Baptist (laughs) it's not the baby you expect (laughs) haha got you and uh, that's the way joy is joy is really oftentimes not the thing that we expect now, here's this Zacharias guy. He's uh, in his 70s or so, and he, he, gets, to, he gets the lottery. Uh, once in his lifetime, he gets to go down and do service in the temple. He won the lottery, and he goes down there, and he gets all dressed in the special garb to go in there and do the one thing he gets to do one time his whole life. Can you imagine standing up the night before, reading the instruction manual to make sure you don't mess it up? And he goes in there, and he gets in there to start doing the thing that he's supposed to do, and there's an angel in there. That wasn't in the assignment book, you know? And this angel goes, hey, Zacharias. And I mean, like, the guy's just totally thrown off his game. I mean, he's thrown off his game so bad that the people on the outside said, he must have seen a vision, you know? I mean, he's just, like, out of it. But the angel comes, and the angel tells him, you're... And you and your wife are going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be the baby that announces, that announces the coming Christ. Now, you know, you think, wow, when is that going to happen? And John go, and Zachariah says, I don't think you can. And, and the angel says, you don't get to talk. I'll bet some of you are thinking that right now. I wish I had the ability to say to that guy up there right now, you don't get to talk. Shut up. I need to go home. Uh, but anyhow, you don't get that power. Uh, God, God has that power. And, and so he goes home, and his wife uh, is, is, becomes a child. And somehow, without talking, he's able to communicate to her what the angel told him. And that's when we see our second verse on joy. Uh, Mary finds out she's going to have a baby and she goes to see her sister, her her cousin. We're really not quite sure exactly the relationship. It might have been her aunt. But she goes to see Elizabeth because she hears that Elizabeth too is expecting. And she's thinking somehow she'll find some consolation from Elizabeth. And when she goes to see Elizabeth, just as she comes into the presence of where Elizabeth is, the baby that Elizabeth is expecting leaps in her womb. Now, <clears throat> most of you know this. I'm a grandpa, and so every sermon has to have a grandpa story in it. Bear with me. It's my right, okay? I've had to listen to all of you brag about your grandkids. My granddaughter is moving. Cool beans. Uh, my, uh, my daughter-in-law uh, it was talking to me about 
the little one moving inside of her. This baby leaps inside Elizabeth's womb. John, John does something. Right here it tells us. John does the unexpected. He leaps in her womb and confirms that this, that this is, is something special that's happening in Mary. He leaped for joy. Joy. Which brings us to our next verse. The next verse is found uh, in the very story that we just heard here when the shepherds came. Now the shepherds are out in their fields watching their sheep at night. And while they're out there, this angel comes. And this angel uh, comes with bright lights and all this stuff and and everything. And, And notice what it says. The angel says to them, fear not. How many of you ever had uh, uh, an outer spaceship come into your front yard and, and, and try to abduct you? If you raise your hand right now, we, we will be watching you very closely the rest of the service. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about these people that have these stories, but I'll tell you what. If a spaceship shows up some night to abduct me, I'm going to be afraid. And, and that's what these, these shepherd guys would have felt like. We're being abducted by aliens. And we haven't even watched Star Wars to know what to do next. Uh, but anyhow, and so the angel says, don't be afraid. Now, the reason there, there, this verse is here is, is because, look, it says, for I bring you good news of great joy. Now, this is something that's really important to understand. Joy and fear are both the products of the unexpected. When unexpected things happen, you can have kind of two responses. Oh no, what am I going to do now? Or you can have, oh wow, what's going to happen next? Now, this is the difference between adults and kids. You know, when something horrific happens around our house, we go into panic mode. When our kids were little, they were like, oh wow, how exciting. Something crazy happens and your kids are like, let's go see it. And you're like, oh, yeah, stand back, stand back. God wants us to look at the unexpected things in our lives from his perspective of joy. This is just not normal. I mean, this isn't normal. Uh, People tell me all the time, Pastor, you're not normal. (laughs) Uh, Well, I understand that. So I have an ability to judge what isn't normal. It is not normal to look at weird things that happen in our world and determine to look at them with a joyful attitude of expectation what's going to happen. That's where our next verse comes in. This is the story about the wise men. They're coming. They're following the star. They're following the star, and they're following the star in the dark of night. And and they go in to see this Herod dude, and Herod dude has a bad plan, but, but... but they listen to Herod and they talk to Herod and then they come back out after seeing Herod and the Bible tells us and the star reappears. There it is again. And when they see the star, they rejoice with exceeding and great joy. Now, you can't only read that verse without seeing all the words. They rejoiced. That, That would be enough. Period. No, no, they don't just have normal rejoicing. They have crazy rejoicing. They have chiefs who are on a winning streak rejoicing. You know, they, they get excited. 
They, they rejoice with exceedingly great joy. That's because in the darkest moments, they saw the brightest object. That's the key to having joy in life. In the darkest moments, to see the brightest objects. Now, I'll just tell you right now, I get to live a normal life, and so do you. That means things go wrong. And for the believer, when things go wrong, they have to choose to look at the brightest objects in the darkest moments. You sit in a funeral home, you've been there. It's not easy to see the bright objects because it's dark. But the amazing thing about the darkness is the darkness makes the brighter objects all the more bright. I say all this to bring you to a verse that's kind of the verse of challenges, kind of where the whole thing switches directions because they start talking about you and me and about how we approach this. Look at this verse. This is a statement found in the middle of the New Testament. It says, it says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. How many of you have ever seen Jesus? Face-to-face, saw him. Well, no, you haven't. You, you, you know, we, we've experienced a relationship with him, but we haven't actually directly seen him. We, we read about this stuff in the stories, in the Bible, and we read these stories, and we go, these stories, uh, these stories are good stories. But even better than good stories, they're truth stories. They're true stories. And, and, and though we have not seen him, we love him. We know Jesus in a way that even the people that walked with him back on the streets of Galilee, in the, in the, in the country of Israel, we know him a way that they didn't know him. Because we know him by spirit and truth through the power of God's word in a unique way. We believe in him. We believe in him. And, and, and the life-altering message of knowing him as our savior. And we, would, we rejoice in this, this experience of knowing him. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's an irrepressible, it's an inexpressible It's an abundant overflowing of joy filled with glory. Now, now, joy filled with glory. Uh, That word glory is most often used in the Bible in reference to God's glory, God's abundant uh, manifestation of himself. In other words, the joy that we have in knowing Jesus is not just, whoo, this is a great day. This is the joy of knowing no matter what this day is, God is with me in this day. It's the warmth of a relationship with God that is personal. That is personal. Now, here's the thing about a personal relationship with God. This this verse explains something about a personal relationship with God. A personal relationship with God has traveling power. Look at this verse. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless. Notice this guy, he's running over the blameless. He's running over the blameless. Now unto him who is to keep you from stumbling. How many of you have ever tripped in your lifetime? How many of you have tripped this morning already? Every morning, this is every morning, I go out to make the coffee. And Charlie goes, are you okay in there? Uh, 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 she knows that's coffee talk for not yet I don't have my first cup God 
offers you a relationship where he'll run with you. I'll tell you what, the people you run with make all the difference in the world. I get to run with you guys. I run better because I know you. But I run even better because I know Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is running beside me. And Jesus is going through me with this, going through this life thing with me. And he says, I'm going to take you all the way home, Brian. I'm going to take you all the way home to the presence of my Father in glory with great joy. Now, when, when you watch your kids achieve something and they win, it's like, ah, eh, well, yeah, it's just like when I did it. Oh boy, let's go home. Now you, you, I, I've said, this is how I got to know Jamie. Jamie's son, Jonathan, and my boy, Benjamin, played basketball together, and they would win games. And we as parents would kind of have to get it together after they won a game because we didn't want our kids to get big heads. But we'd be like, they won! And uh, Jamie's husband, Brad, would look at me and go, and we go, yeah, they won. And we go over to our sons and go, well, you played real well tonight and such. You know, and we try to act like we are just about to blow up inside. That's what Jesus is going to be like when you make it home to heaven. He's going to be wanting to blow up inside, so glad that you made it all the way home. That's because he's committed to you. How committed is Jesus to you? Look at this verse. Just let this get into your head. Jesus, the founder and perfecter of, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is what this verse is saying. When Jesus was on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, Part of what sustained him was he knew, Kim, I'm going to get you all the way home. Think about that. When Jesus was on the cross, dying for sin, part of what sustained him, I'm going to get you all the way home. I'm going to get you all the way home. That's what Jesus, that's what sustained him on the cross. The joy the victory, the wonder of bringing you all the way home. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of Savior I want. I don't know about you, but to borrow the words of Andy Reid, that's how I roll. (laughs) That's how I roll. I roll with Jesus. And that's the message of joy. Because joy, the gospel, the gospel is joy in the person of Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Father, thank you for the wonder of the gospel that Christ would die for us and literally be sustained 
by the, the notion that I'm going to bring these people home as he died in our place. That, that is inspiring. May we run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking to him. Looking to him. Looking to him each stride. Because he'll get us home. He'll get us home. That's what his life proved. That's what his death proved. That's why he came. In Jesus' name, amen.